0: you doing and welcome to today's podcast today we have a special show in store for you where we will be joined by mr jake Palancic. uh mr p is one of the arrowhead high school instrumental music teachers so he is going to talk to us about his life his job and all kinds of great stuff all right so stay tuned and we'll be right back with mr p all right, everyone, welcome to the newest episode of the Arrowhead podcast. I'm joined here by our amazing instrumental music teacher, Mr. P, Mr. Jake Palancich. Uh Mr. P, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm
1: great. How are you, Ryan?
0: Uh, I'm great, Jake. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. And i uh, looking forward to catching up and seeing how you're doing. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So uh, let's start by having you tell our uh, loyal viewers about what life's been (laughs) like for you so far in our staying at home, our virtual learning experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's weird and it continues to be weird. You know, I mean, I I think, uh, I think we can all agree that this is not normal and it's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to feel, you know, kind of whatever your emotions are right now, but um You know, I have two little girls, and so and I know you have kids too, and um, you know, that whole balance has been interesting for our family. My wife works from home. she has for several years. So just trying to get, I don't know, a pulse on everything and just trying to you know, be there for, for my family, but also, you know obviously for our students and um, trying to sort of recreate, an experience that none of us anticipated you know so so I I, I think I think it's just weird
0: yeah <laughs> you well, know I, but
1: I, I mean I, I feel very thankful in that you know everyone's safe and sound and you know we're just all trying to work through this together but it, it's just very bizarre I keep waiting for like you know a day where I wake up and you know, everything's just sort of like, all right, you know, we got this, but we're just sort of in this holding pattern and time has been suspended in a way. And, um, I'm not sure anyone's really used to that.
0: Yeah. Every day I wake up and I think, Oh, okay. Yep. This is still happening. Uh, (laughs) it's very bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like your word choice. Uh, great diction. Weird, weird is a good word to describe it. Um, yeah, they did not cover this in uh, no. teaching classes or student teaching. And um, I, one thing that I will say is that it's it's a new challenge, and it's something that it's it's really fun to see how we as people can come together and try to do what we think is best for uh, people to survive and. Uh, get through this thing as safely as possible.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I, I also think that it highlights, um, you know, why we need to be understanding and accommodating, um, you know, understanding that everyone's got their own situation. Um, you know, I was commenting to my wife the other day and uh, just saying, you know, we as a family are, you know, we love each other and everything, but, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's, it's a lot and it's all day. And it's like, you know, sometimes you need your times and you just don't know where students are at. And so sometimes you got to be, um, extra sensitive to that. Um, and I think, you know, I've sort of erred on the side of, of just trying to be understanding and accommodating,
0: you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the feedback I've gotten from students uh, is all over the board from this virtual learning thing is a huge challenge, and it's made made their education more difficult for them to some people saying, oh, this is so much easier now, and I'm done with all my work so quickly. So it really is a challenge to find that sweet spot of trying to make everyone as comfortable and happy as possible. Sure. But I, but I agree with you. It's, it's best to just be really understanding and accommodating because everyone's experience is going to be different.
1: And I think if anything, you know, once we get back to, you know, some sort of normalcy, you know, perhaps we can take that understanding back with us. And it's a, to me, I think it'll be a, a good reminder, um, Mm -hmm. To always have that, you know. As a teacher, you know, we're trying to f- not, we're all, we're trying to find the balance, you know, in a virtual sense now. But I think we're always trying to find that, you know, when you have a group of so many students um, in any given day, in any given situation, um, you know. I think we're always searching for that, and and uh, that's a really hard concept. You know, (laughs) I'm not sure we ever get it. Speaking
0: of balance, you mentioned that you are at home with your lovely family and that you have kids. So you have to balance your wife, having her stay at home work schedule normally. And now you and the kids have kind of impeded upon that. Do you have any interesting stories about trying to help your kids with their schooling or uh, anything about you guys all being cooped up together?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure you do too, Um, but we, you know, my wife is used to, you know, the girls get on the bus, you know, I'm gone, I'm at school. Uh, Sometimes I'm gone, depending on what's happening that evening, I'm gone all day or all night. And so um, she's used to just things being quiet, I think, Mm -hmm. after about 8am, you know, and things being somewhat picked up and calm uh, so that she can sort of center her day and and just sort of get ready for that So I think that was the biggest adjustment and continues to be especially now my girls are on spring break
0: okay yeah my kids
1: are too <laughs> yeah so so it's like that whole routine and plan just sort of just sort of that whole thing was disrupted and the whole thing is a disruption you know to yeah. begin with and so to to throw that on top of it has been interesting so we're trying to keep uh, you know some kind of a schedule with the girls, and we yeah. we had speaking of you know giving them choices and that sort of thing we uh, we had them write out their schedule and you mm-hmm. know sort of present it to us and you know be like, yeah oh, why don 't you take the technology piece down a little bit yeah um, and from from other colleagues and and friends of mine that um that you know obviously are are hanging with their kids at home and you know that that whole concept of being on a screen um has really been difficult you know for Mm -hmm. for kids and i and i think you know probably for our students too yeah you know uh
0: yeah and for us i'm i'm certainly not used to looking at a screen this much um my my wife works from home too and (laughs) so she spends all day looking at the computer and i always thought oh man (laughs) that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, t- I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, everyone has different preferences. I guess it's just yep. not for me. Um, yep. but yeah, but it is now it is now. <laughs> and oh, yeah. yeah, just trying to, you know, I, I always trust with my boys, you know, trying to get them to do things besides screen time. Um, mm. And this is, I think this is a unique opportunity to, uh try to ironically get them to use screens less because you know as they see that they're using them for school more uh oh man i'm they get sick of it quicker and now okay yeah. now i have these toys to play with i get to go outside i get to right. do all this other stuff as a alternative
1: yeah and it's gotten me to think too about like um finding ways to you know for these virtual assignments too as a teacher mm-hmm. getting them away from the screen yeah you know, like go outside and listen to something or you know i don't know
0: go do something else and then think about it right. tell me about it or reflect on it or something right, or.
1: right. and sometimes when instructions like that you know, some, some students re- respond to you know more instruction than others um, so getting back to that balance again is, is tricky. You know, when you have like one assignment for like, you know, 250 kids, well, it doesn't, doesn't really work that way. You know?
0: Yeah. So I
1: I like the, the notion of like having sort of a menu of choices, Mm -hmm. something I'd like to continue to do more of. I haven't been, but, um, just, just giving some choice and, and some freedom there, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so let's change gears a little bit and let's try to teach our audience a little bit more about you personally. Um, I, you are, how long have you been teaching at Arrowhead High School? This is my
1: 12th year at Arrowhead. 12th year. Yeah. Before that, I, I took two years off of teaching and I did my master's in conducting, Mm -hmm. um, at Milwaukee at UWM, which brought us up to this area. Um, And then before that, I taught for high school band for three years um,
0: in Western Illinois, so. Um, Okay, so you've been in the teaching game for a long time in the conducting game for a long time. What inspired you to pursue this career?
1: Well, I think, you know, music to me was always something that uh, inspired me, Um, something that I found very early on that, made me happy, and that I felt like I was, I I had a talent uh, in music that I didn't necessarily see in other areas of my life. Like, of course, I did sports, and I did, you know, um, I I was generally a pretty good student overall, um, and I did different activities, but music to me was um, always just something that uh, you know I knew that I wanted to get into um, so I you know as a as a musician you know there, there are different uh, sort of avenues you can you can take professionally um, and I knew that I wanted to help others and teach and try to sort of instill that same that same feeling in others knowing full well that you know, most of my students are not going to go on to be professional musicians, you know? Yeah. So, but I think, um, I think that music is something that can be applied to any career or any, um, aspect of your life. And I know, I know you, um, you were in band as well. So we, maybe yeah. we can get to that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but we, you know, that, that was something very early on that I, that I knew was was going to be part of my life. And, um, you know, I, I worked really hard at it. Um, you know, I, I I spent a lot of hours, a lot of days, months, years, really exploring that part of my life and practicing really hard um, early on, so that you know I could I could um, continue to uh, I don't know get better as I as I aged and and instill those things in my students. You know, so um, that's that's sort of like the I
0: guess the earlier part mm-hmm. of my music career. Um, that's great. What uh, what instrument did you start out with to start that you helped you discover this passion?
1: Yeah, so I I started very early on um, on piano. Both of my parents were music educators and musicians, so I mean it, it was always just kind of part of my life mm-hmm. ever since I could remember. Um, so I started on piano and then when I was in, I think it was fourth grade. Um, I started on the bassoon, which is kind of a strange instrument yeah. to start on. The double um, reed. Yeah. 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 So um, and I have a twin brother who um, started on French horn at the same time. So he and I started at the same time. Um, and I didn't really know any better. I just started playing it and mm-hmm. you know, started taking lessons and that sort of thing. Um, so I played and I still do um, on bassoon all the way up through high school, my undergraduate, you know, my, my uh, master's degree. And I played, um, I played a handful of uh, professional gigs on bassoon as well, but somewhere along the line, which is really strange. I, um I really enjoyed playing drums and percussion Mm -hmm. and um, I ended up starting formal lessons very late in my career. So like my collegiate career, which is considered late as a, as you know, Mm -hmm. sort of a growing musician. um, I started taking formal drum set lessons specifically in the jazz and Latin realm. And ironically now um, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm gigging more and performing more on drums in the jazz context than I ever have. Yeah.
0: So, I, I thought, I was, cause I've seen some of those, I've seen some of your videos yeah. uh, just looking at your website. So yeah. I expected the answer to be, uh, I started out as a drummer.
1: No, no, it was, it was just kind of something that I always wanted to do, but it was never like, um, I wasn't quite as serious, you know, in a formal, you know, sort mm-hmm. of training, sense whatever that means yeah um so i was so focused on like the bassoon and and learning about music and music theory and that sort of thing and playing in bands and orchestras and stuff but then i would want to go and like you know wail on my my next door neighbor's drum set his older brother had a drum set it was like this massive drum set and uh he was really into oh man what was that oh the band primus you know primus
0: I've heard um, of them, yeah. Les
1: claypool um, on bass and just kind of a bizarre, uh, not alternative rock. It's like this sort of I don't even know how to describe it. But anyway, I would I would get done practicing on bassoon and then I'd be like, Yeah, I'm gonna go over to my buddy's house, and mm-hmm. I would just wail on the drums and I would it would just it would be this totally different energy, you know, mm-hmm. music wise. And to me that that really resonated and so I had this sort of like dichotomy at some point um, and I think I think I'm a better musician because of it I'm a better teacher because of it because I continue to perform and and play um, with some really amazing uh, creative musicians and I'm really thankful for that because I I don't think that if I if I wasn't doing what I was doing when I was younger you know, kind of exploring drums and you know just just mm-hmm. kind of figuring things out. I'm not sure that I'd be in the spot that I am today so I'm, I'm really thankful that I have the teaching aspect of it, but also have the understanding and um, sort of like um, you know like when, I, when a kid comes in and they want to like jam on the drum set like mm-hmm. when, if I'm like sitting in my office or' like having lunch. And i'm like oh man it's going to be so loud but then i think you know that was me when i was their age yeah. you know like you can relate yeah they need that they need that and sometimes you know you just be like all right well i'll just close the door and you know keep it down
0: <laughs> yeah and you know that's a really good lesson too i mean for you it, it you we, we can see it relate more closely to your job and your career sure. But I mean really no matter what your what whatever career you would have gone down the idea of learning new things trying yeah. to uh do something similar but in a new way is just a really important skill that you know anybody could learn from and appreciate so yeah absolutely like you mentioned earlier how a lot of your kids are not going to be working in music professionally sure. but these ideas and skills and these uh, lessons are going to help them no matter what they go into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, you know, being, being in a setting like a band or on a team or, you know, when you're closely, you know, working with your peers, um, that's real life. <laughs> like you're going to have to do that whether you are, you um, a lawyer, or you're working, you know, you go into the military, or whatever. Like those types of skill sets are, I think, really important to start uncovering. You know, okay, how do I do this? How do I work with these people? How do I sort of diffuse this uh, disagreement or something mm-hmm. like that? Like it's it's real life stuff that I think is really valuable to kind of shed in a way um, when you're in your teens, like when you're in high school, you know? Yeah. And so to, to try and instill those, or at least uncover those concepts with kids is really important. Uh,
0: another concept that I think, at least for me, it was really important that I learned fr- from band or band helped me understand uh, not just working well with others and being part of the team, but also going along with that, the idea of being accountable for something, you sure. know, if if we have a performance, uh, I, you know, I grew up playing the alto saxophone. Right. That's if, right. if we have a performance, do you have one sudden, there? I can't see it, but uh, <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> we'll see soon. <laughs> okay. um, if we have a performance and all of a sudden the alto saxophones are terrible, uh, you know, yeah. I can't hide that and so it really helped you know in a different way than turning in an English essay that no one else is gonna read or care about besides me and maybe my teacher you know like this is something that I can't hide so it really helped teach accountability and uh, deadlines you know you have to learn how to play this by the performance by the rehearsal all that kind of stuff I think was really important for me at least
1: yeah no i that that's great that you said that um and you know i feel like playing or singing in an ensemble at, you know at the high school level um gives you that like urgency or that um i got like pressure in a way but it, i don't know as a teacher though i i'm really careful at you know adding that pressure to them um, I don't, I, I've never felt like that's necessary at this level. Like, um, it's necessary in that, you know, students should be able to feel that and respond to it, Mm -hmm. you know, and and kind of learn how to, um, be nervous, you know, how to like deal with that. You know, I talk about like, you know, I ask students if they have like anxiety before performance or if they get nervous or something like that, you know, my, you know, my little uh, Claire bear, she calls it, you know, she's got the butterflies. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and, and people ask me too, like when you perform, or you're going out with a group or whether you're conducting or, you know, you're playing, you know, do you get nervous? And I I feel like I still do, but it's, it's, I, I'm able to like push that aside, mm-hmm. you know, and, and rely go back to, you know what I've been trained to do and and focus on the music you know what I mean and that's a hard concept for for students to get and I think it takes a long time you know to be able to deal with those feelings you know and some and the cool part is though they all do it together mm-hmm. you know I mean unless you're out doing like a solo or something or yeah you know but I you know, to me and, and for for my students at least, I try to I try to not add anything any additional pressure. Yeah. You know, I mean, think I think the moment and the music is plenty to, to be dealing with.
0: Yeah, you, you don't know. need to add it anymore. And everyone's gonna feel it differently, but sure. Uh you know, you don't need to add it because they're gonna feel it in a different way for themselves. Right. And uh man, it's yeah. It's so, know, so interesting.
1: You know, it's something, you know, as, as you know, for you as a, as a golf coach too, and I, you know, I, um, I must say that it's been three years since I've uh, held a golf club. Oh, man. Well, you we got to fix that. I know. I, and it's something, but it's because I, every time I would get up to the ball, doesn't matter if it was like a five iron or the driver or the putter, I feel like every time I swing the club, It's gonna be different, and I have no idea where the ball's gonna go. You know, like I know where I want it to go, and I'm gonna try and will it to happen. You know, I talk about like in conducting, it's like, I'm gonna will this to happen. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to do this, but I just couldn't do it with, you know, so, but to me, like as a musician, getting back to like training and practicing, you just have to, you just have to practice, you know, and like I have not practiced my golf swing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, like, why am I going to be confident swinging a golf club?
0: Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I, guess there's a lot of parallels because, you know, if you, it, if you're just going off by yourself and golfing, there's, the pressure is gone. But totally. if, if all of a sudden you having not practiced are hitting the tee with three of your buddies, right maybe good <laughs> and maybe they have been practicing it's kind of like showing up in a quartet and you haven't played the instrument yet totally and you know, they're all you go ready to lay it
1: down yeah you go out with the the foursome and like everyone first tee everyone just like hey guys what's going on first tee first guy he just like comes right over the top of the ball and it just dribbles over to the mm-hmm. side so like, oh let me get that one again you know yeah it's like ooh, and then can't say anything because it's you know you don't want to
0: upset anyone <laughs> yeah, it's a that's that's another uh thing where you learn a lot about relationships and dealing with people on the golf right. course. And that's probably another podcast somewhere yeah. <laughs> down the road. <laughs> maybe, maybe for our follow up, uh we could do it on the golf course, and we can. Oh, uh, I'd love that. Give That'd be great. Money. That'd be great. We could live stream our our golf match. Oh wow, that would be <laughs> pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll just. At least for me, it would be for me. We'll just see the highlights then. Yeah,
1: I am a lefty golfer, which is kind of strange. I'm, I'm a righty; I write with my right hand. So, um,
0: what you know, about uh, at least I have
1: that going for me? Baseball or means.
0: hockey? Are you lefty in that as well?
1: Yes. Yeah, I played baseball um, up through like my freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. and uh, bat lefty throw righty.
0: Um, yeah, so it's kind of strange. That is interesting um a buddy of mine that i met in college he is actually uh the only ambidextrous pitcher in the majors really uh so for him he just when he was little his dad would you know make him throw right-handed and left-handed and just kind of kept doing it throughout his whole career so he didn't know any different wow that's cool
1: that's cool the cub, my cubbies could use some more pitching like that maybe i'll have to give him a call
0: yeah. Speaking of uh, baseball, yeah. um, you know, as a Cub fan, for you and for me as a Brewer fan, I was uh, very intrigued by the possibility of them having a season where they are, they changed the divisions based on where their spring trainings are. Did yes. you see that at all? I, You know, I saw that. I have not read a whole lot about it. Um, I was kind of waiting to see if
1: they were going to make any decisions.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, right now it's just a, hypothetical, but I, I did feel uh, very intrigued about the possibility of season where I didn't have to worry about the Cardinals and the Cubs. I, I uh, totally right. agree. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like all, all the teams, like
1: just sort of get along and it's like, Oh, the Mariners, you know, it's yeah. like great. You know, you guys are great. Good luck to you. Yeah, you know, good luck to you next year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So Mr. P I have some questions from my avid uh, fan base. And this one's from FWD7, and he wants to know, what is your favorite piece of music to conduct?
1: You know, last year we did, um, for the first time in my whole career, I programmed Stars and Stripes Forever, uh, the Sousa March. Mm-hmm. And I've done what seems like a 100 Sousa Marches in, in my career. But for the first time I had that, and you know, conducting a Susan March is not like real advanced. It's just you know, you just try and monitor things, and you know. Um, but that was that was a really cool piece to conduct um, because kids obviously played it really well, and it's just such an iconic, you know, sort of like band march. You know what I mean? So so that was that was a really cool piece to conduct, even though it wasn't. Uh, technically, from a conducting standpoint, very difficult.
0: Okay. Nice. Great answer. Okay. My next question is from Squealy D. And Squealy D. Are these, what,
1: are these real people and questions?
0: Be, these are real people and questions, but they have, they have chosen to remain anonymous because of their, I don't know, stage fright or whatever, but okay. so their usernames. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. What is the greatest joy that you get from being a band teacher? I know we talked about this a little bit, but we didn't talk about the greatest joy. So what's the yeah. best part of your job?
1: Um, best part of my job, I think, is watching kids get it and excel. You know, um, To the point where I'm not helping them anymore you know, and and they are, you know, I, I find it as a teacher, and I've I've talked to a lot of colleagues, probably even talked to you about this in the past, but, um, you know, when kids help other kids, and they help each other, and they are starting to figure things out, and I become obsolete as their teacher. Yeah, that's to me, it's, and it's sort of weird, because it's like, well, you got to do your job, you know, Mr. Polansic, but of course I do, but when I don't have to, and they're doing it together. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that isn't that the whole point is is to try to lift them up to a, a point where they can just go, you know, and that to me is the best, the best part. It doesn't matter what level they're at, how good of a saxophone player they are, you know, how good of a golfer they are to me that I, you know, I can leave school or, you know, sort of, on my drive home, and go like, yeah, you know that was really cool.
0: Yeah, much like the mama bird. Uh, yes, you know she enjoys regurgitating worms and taking care of everything for her babies, but at some point, uh, she is going to push that baby bird out of the nest, and right. the bird's going to fly. And that's what right. you, I think are describing. At least that's how it sounded to me. You know, when your students are able to handle things on their own, think about things and not just you, they're dealing it with dealing with the issue in their own way.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yep. That to me is the best part and it doesn't need to be in music. It can be in anything, you know, teaching is, uh, to me when, when we become obsolete or not needed anymore in a instructional manner, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I have students that, former students that have contacted me over the years and they're just doing some really awesome things, whether it be in music or something else, some other field. And, you know, that to me reaffirms that what we do on a daily basis, while sometimes it may seem, you know, um, difficult or frustrating or um, mundane or you know, whatever you put in any word there, um, that to me reaffirms that yeah, this makes this makes total sense and it and it needs to happen. You know,
0: right? Okay. Uh, last listener question comes from Larry Bandit three hundred one, and Larry Bandit three hundred one wants to know what's the best trip you've taken your students on, and do you have any upcoming trips planned?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think all of the. The uh, opportunities we've had to travel with, with students have been awesome. Um, I think if I had to pick one, um, the trip that we took to Ireland a few years ago um, was was really wonderful in so many ways. Um, the people there were outstanding. Um, the performance opportunities were um life-changing, you know, uh, and um, I just love it there. I, I, I just had a really, we had a really positive experience there. I got to work with one of my colleagues who I went to graduate school with who lives in Dublin and teaches there. That's awesome. So there was a connection there and, you know, not to say that the other trips were not as fulfilling, but um, that one to me goes down in, in my career as a, as a highlight for sure.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like asking to choose between your children. They're all different. They're all enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I, I do remember when you guys went there, or I guess right after you guys went there, all my students who went on that trip uh, echoed that sentiment. They loved it. It was Good. amazing. Um, I tried to bond with them because I studied abroad in Ireland.
1: Oh, you did? I did? And, okay. Uh, Maybe so, you told me that. I'm sorry.
0: Who, my memory I've, is starting
1: to fade a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't think we talked about it, but I talked about the kids like oh yes, I I know that place you speak of. And, sure, uh, sure. Where
1: did you? Where were you in Ireland?
0: Uh, at Trinity College in Dublin. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just a lot of fun, great place. I uh, I didn't have any performance opportunities, but. Yeah uh yeah love that country love that trip so yeah i'm not yeah, surprised I, to hear that answer. I can't wait
1: to get back there i really you know i was telling my girls just um last night i said we got to get back there and i gotta take you guys yeah it's one thing about uh travel with students is that you know sometimes it takes me away from traveling with my own family you know mm-hmm. um so and we were we were really looking forward to um my family and I were going to go to uh, New York city a couple of weeks ago. And obviously that didn't happen, Um, but uh, we will, we'll get back
0: there for sure. Yeah. You'll have to find time a different time. Yeah. Okay. So now Mr. P I here we're going to try something new on the podcast. We're going to play a game Uh, because you're the musical expert at Arrowhead high school. um, We're going to play a game called name that instrument. Got it. Okay, so I have a variety of instruments here. Wow, okay. And I'd like to um, play them for you. And okay. without you looking, uh, see if you can I- identify them with your uh, trusty ear. Okay, that sounds good. I'm ready. All right, so um, what I'll do is I'm going to uh, blank my screen so you cannot cheat and see me, and I will play it for you, and you'll okay. have it. what it is.
1: One question before we start: Should I turn my volume up or should I turn my volume down?
0: Okay. Well, if that—if you're asking about the quality of the sounds you're (laughs) about to hear, um, you see how I framed that question? It was a very teacher question. You should turn your volume down because slightly. Okay. There will be no skill here. Uh, There will be also no tuning, and uh, this—this—that's the challenge. You have to. Okay. Well,
1: tuning is relative, Mr. Andrews. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> and years and years of playing the alto saxophone.
0: Well, you're, you're a little spoiled because as a high school teacher, a lot of your students already know what they're doing. Uh, so I'm going to give you a flavor of what it would be like when you're teaching a beginner or someone who doesn't even Thank know you. what the instrument is. I always need that reminder. Thank you. All That's right, good. here we go. Okay, so you can still hear me, right? Yes, sir. All right, so I'm going to play play some music for you. Here we go. Okay. All right. All right, name that instrument.
1: Um, that is either a child's guitar or a ukulele.
0: Ukulele. Hey, nice. All right, you're one for one. Okay. All right. You ready for the next uh, yep. challenge? All set. All right, here we go.
1: uh was that a door
0: closing uh it was not although it probably sounded like one okay
1: a broken snare drum. drum broken snare drum all right
0: very good all right okay here we go around i'm sorry you are <laughs> you are one for three No, one for two uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a percussionist I'm a driver I can hear stuff like that great All right here we go Wow
1: Mr. Anders that is an alto saxophone right out of the case. nice work.
0: All right you got it.
1: All right all right. Maybe like a three read, a three and a half,
0: perhaps? Uh, A three read, yes. Nice. What a great ear you have. I know, it's there. Yeah, a read that is uh, new out of the box as of uh, like 20 minutes ago.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Nice work.
0: All right. Okay, this next one might be a little painful for you. Okay. Okay, that is the, the tune. Name it.
1: Well, that's got to be a violin.
0: Oh, wow. You are amazing. Spot on. Look at that. All Good right. for you. Yeah, Who plays the violin play in your house? Uh, my wife. Okay. And I was told that if I break it, I'm dead. So, <laughs>
1: so gently place it back in the case.
0: Okay, this next one is uh, coming at you. Okay.
1: Is the heartwarming sound of a harmonica?
0: Oh, you are so good! All right, what key are we in on that one? Uh, You can't tell. (laughs) I didn't have my tuner out. That is a C. Okay, excellent.
1: Can't go wrong with C. It's like it's like uh, the vanilla of keys.
0: (laughs) Yes, of course. Uh, It always goes down smooth. Yes. All right. Um, Next challenge.
1: That is a recorder. Is it like an Irish flute? A recorder. Okay. You You got it. They give it
0: away to grade schoolers now. I know. It's crazy. I have one upstairs. Nice. She was practicing earlier today. I think I do have an Irish flute somewhere, but I could not find it. Yeah. I think I do too. Irish flutes are just sort of, they like come with the house or something. Yeah. I think they gave me one when I was, when I entered the country. It's just like here. Stamped a passport. Yeah. Welcome to Ireland, sir. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think you won the game because you okay. were able to identify all of them except for the broken snare drum.
1: Wow. Which is sort of ironic because, you know, how, how much time I spend you know, looking at and fixing up snare drums. So go
0: figure. All right. So you've won a big prize. Uh, the prize is to be determined and I will give it to you next time I see you in person. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to get with that. All right, Mr. P. Um, before I let you go, do you have any sort of advice or any sort of, uh, upcoming thing you'd like to plug for our great audience?
1: Uh, you know, I was thinking about our seniors uh, recently, and how incredibly like unfair this may seem to them, and um, you know, I always try to relate back to um, what I know, and, and and you know, sometimes music for me helps, and um, you know, I, I just want to encourage them to, and all all the students and staff and colleagues, you know, that I have. The wonderful colleagues at Arrowhead just, you know, try to focus on the journey and not necessarily, you know, this one spot. You know, it's it's easy to sort of fixate on that, and um, you know, in a performance setting, you know, I always tell my students that, you know, I I I hope that we have a great performance, but to me, that's not like that's not the uh, the whole picture. You know, so. Uh, you know, hopefully um, we can all get back and and see each other and and do what we do. but um you know, I just want to encourage everyone to keep helping each other out and um, you know focusing on what you've already done and and celebrating that.
0: Yeah, that you know that was greatly said, and I can't top that. I think that's uh great and yeah, it is tough to be going through, especially as a senior. Is, yeah. You know, it's the end of your high school career, but um, I think just like any stage in life, you know, you got to keep looking forward, and you're gonna have great things ahead of you. Yeah, so totally. Hopefully, we can hopefully we can get back before this before high school ends, and if not, then find some other ways to celebrate the great four years at Arrowhead and yep. all that you've accomplished and learned. Absolutely. All right, Mr.
1: P, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is really fun.
0: Well, guys, what can I say? Great show today with Mr. P. Uh, So Thank you so much for joining us, um, Mr. P, and I can't wait until uh, we can be together again teaching students at the great Arrowhead High School. All right, everyone, have a good day, stay safe, and see you later.